Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now that the DOJ has not one, but two presidents to worry about, will Trump actually be charged? We're going to talk about that And we're going to dive into the Bible as well on this Thursday deep dive edition of Critical Thinking. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oney. It's time for some critical thinking. All right. I hope you're ready to dive into the deep end because we've got two topics on today's show and of course, we'll have a little bit of the uh, the B or not the B as well later on in the program. Like I said, I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni. Follow me at the Coppins Show. Follow him at the Pat Oni Show. You can always watch the show on our Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. We are growing that channel in a significant fashion. So we appreciate that. Of course, you can always uh, help us um, with our monetary situation, shall we say, our ability to produce an epic show for you, go to the Locals channel, criticalthinking.locals.com. $5 a month gets you uh, to be able to support us financially, but you can just simply become a supporter there. Uh, We're going to drop the episodes every single day over there as well um, in terms of being able to link to them. And you'll get notified every single day uh, when our show is available. All right. So with that having been said, um, I cannot encourage enough of your participation in this show. And how you need to participate is very simple. If you are watching on Rumble, hit the plus or the minus button. If you love the episode, if you hate the episode, if you are listening on podcast, make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you rate, review, make sure that you download every single episode because the algorithms, believe it or not, Pat, it's a very simple thing to help us become more popular. It's very simple. Just that one little thing. If you're watching the show, hit that plus button on Rumble. Very simple. It takes you literally two seconds. We're not asking for your money per se. We're just simply saying you can do that and you will help us grow the channel. All right. All that out of the way. I teased that uh, the Department of Justice now has two presidents that they need to worry about. Former President Donald John Trump and current President Joseph married, I mean, Robinette Biden. And both of them seem to be in trouble when it comes to the handling of classified documents. Now, we can argue over the specifics of these things all we want. But prior to the break, we had discussed, at least internally, the chances for um, one Donald John Trump to be charged in what is really the final non-campaign year of Joseph Marinette Biden's presidency. So that's where I want to go on today's show. Let's discuss that idea because things have changed and changed quickly, I, I feel like. But um, what say you? What, where do you want to go with this? So I, I, I thought a lot about this, especially over the last 24 hours. 
um, given the fact that, you know, the DOJ seems to be starting some kind of investigation against Biden and what, what he's done recently with classified documents. We had the whole Mar-a-Lago raid a few months ago. And um, granted, everybody knew Trump had classified documents, right? Everybody knew that. It was a, a, an issue with the National Archives and all that fun stuff. And so, so you, can, you can make arguments as to what you want. And then the other question is, were, were the documents that, that Trump had, were they declassified before he left office? That is also in question, right? Mm-hmm. However, you know, we had the whole January 6th committee. And they were recommending charges um, against Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, how, however, you now have a Republican-led House. With a Republican-led House, are you going to see charges against Donald Trump? I, I, I actually, if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't know anymore. Especially now that you have a sitting president, which you cannot indict a sitting president. Right. Oh. Correct. But how do you how do you how do you hold one accountable and not the other? So there are a lot of calculations that are gonna go into this for me. Mm-hmm. So first of all, <clears throat> I understand the, the the question and the thought process that you, that you've had, but I don't think that matters one bit. And here's why. Probably not. You're probably right. And here's why. Because mm-hmm. the Department of Justice, is that under the foot of Donald Trump? Is that under the foot of the left? It's been under the foot of the left for All right. almost 20 years now. Mm-hmm. So the Department of Justice is also at the behest of the White House, correct? Right? Yes. So the yeah. Attorney mm-hmm. General, Merrick Garland, looks at this and and maybe, maybe there's some political pressure there in, in so much as I cannot possibly charge one of them and not the other, right? But having said that, this organization, this Department of Justice is far left. This is a group that is shown to be not beholden to a specific president or a specific party. They've been beholden to ideologically driven charges for a very long time. Look at the January 6th situation and the fact that... um, over, I think it's over a hundred of them are still sitting in jail. Yeah. What? Most of them have no idea when their next trial date's coming or when the actual trial will be there. Right? We can go down and down the road, down the road, down the road here. The, the point of the matter for me is I don't care that the Republicans have control of Congress or the Senate or both. None of that matters because ultimately it is the Department of Justice that does this. Now, if we were to backtrack this to 2020, right, and the Republicans won, January 6th isn't a thing, right? Right. Okay. Or it it was a thing and somehow craziness happened and, and Donald Trump became president anyway, okay? Let's just... Suppose that. And then let's say that the Republicans controlled the House and the Senate or just the House. Okay? Let's 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 go that direction. Do you think the Department of Justice would have stopped? No. They wouldn't have stopped. Because we've got two separate issues at hand when it comes to Donald Trump and charges. We've got the Mar-a-Lago situation in which it does appear that he either said F you to the National Archives and and wanted documents because, ooh, look at this cool signature, and I want these for my own personal collection, right? Either that took place or it didn't. And either way, that's a crime, right? right. If he was obstructing the, the ability to collect these documents, that's a crime. But you look at uh, the January 6th committee, right? They've recommended charges. Do you think the DOJ would have gone after him for something like that, um, regardless of a January 6th committee? Now, I'll tell you this much right now. The January 6th committee did, couldn't provide the goods at all. Uh, it, it was the most flimsy thing I've ever seen. Um, but my point being that I I don't see a path in which 
the DOJ makes a decision based off of who's in Congress. No, no, I, that's that's not necessarily where I was trying to go with that per se. Okay. It, it, it's just talking about the political pressure coming from that. Now that the Republicans have a little bit more clout, is there any kind of political pressure there? But my, my ultimate question is going to be this. If the DOJ was going to do something against Donald Trump, why haven't they done it already? So <clears throat> I have, it's not a theory when it comes to that. It, it is a reality of law. It is a reality of building a case that, this stuff takes time, right? And so sure. we're we're less than a year from when that raid happened on Mar-a-Lago. Less than right. a year. So this stuff takes time. We also know that there are other trials, right? There's other stuff going on in the Southern District of, of New York and, and this and that, right? So we, right. we know all of those things to be true. So the Department of Justice may be looking at this from that perspective, right? They may be looking at it from the perspective that um, we have to take a look at this and go, hmm, should we or should we not go down that road? Now, I will say this. I think there's a political calculation that needs to be made for sure, because if you're Merrick Garland and you want to keep your position of power, right? Right. And let's say Republicans take the Senate as well as gain more in the House in 2024, right? Regardless of who is or isn't the nominee and who is or isn't the president of the United States in 2024, okay? If you want to keep your power and let's say Joe Biden wins again somehow or you know, Gavin Newsom runs or whatever goes down in that party, You have to give the American people an idea that you are fair and impartial. You also have to give your side of the aisle a viewpoint of fair and impartiality, right? A fairness and impartiality. And do you think the only way to do that, though, is mm -hmm. signal that we're not going to be charging Donald Trump and or we are charging him and we expect to um hand over charges once you know Joe Biden is in office or out of office right so either you give that or you signal that you are going to charge prior to the election is that why he potentially hired a special investigator into Joe no. Biden is this had, had nothing to do with that it had everything so, to so impartiality has nothing to do with it then no, it has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with a political calculation. It has everything to do with I'm gonna I'm going to wash my hands of this so that politically I have no blood on my hands, right? Hey, I just hired the special prosecutor and I, I can't control what that person ha has done. And that's the other part of why this is taking longer, right? There's a special prosecutor who literally now needs to go through everything that the DOJ has gone through over the last what, year, year and a half? So at the end of the day, the calculation that I believe to be true is that Donald Trump will be indicted for um, for crimes from the Mar-a-Lago raid. I, I think that will come at some point in time this year. So, so at the January end of the day, I mean, I don't need to know what those documents were necessarily. Mm -hmm. The argument that Donald Trump is going to have to prove, and ultimately I believe in a court of law, is that he, not post-office, but while in office, even on the final day, had every single one of those documents declassified. If he cannot prove that in a court of law, he broke the law. I'm sorry, you deserve to pay the penalty for that. Right. And, and, Same goes and for not, Joe Biden, by the way. I'm not arguing that either, but I guess I guess the question is, if you are going to indict, because I, I ultimately agree, it, it, but here's the thing. If they don't indict him within, say, the next year. like right. before, I think it comes before, in the next three to four months. Yeah, but but if they if they don't do it within the next year, it's not happening. Right. I mean, I mean, can we can we agree on that? 
Oh, yeah, because um, at that point in time, we were talking about the throes of the 2024 election. Right. And at that point in time, even even if a special prosecutor is in there, is that special prosecutor really going to want to be the person putting their thumb on the scale of, of politics? Probably not. Ah. Because, because and here's, here's my other question, though, is like, how do you, if you're going to do this to Donald Trump and then you, you had a sitting vice president back in yeah sometime between 2008 and 2016 no 20 it would have been january of 2017 when this 2017 happened. okay yeah so so january of 2017 you you got a, a vice president that has classified documents who, who by the way doesn't have the ability to declassify anything yeah yeah and and, and, and i was going to go down this road too pat is is the the other part that makes these situations different and i can make the argument that the Joe Biden situation is actually worse. It is. And here's why. It, it It's because Joe Biden had no ability, to, to your point, to declassify a document. But beyond that, Pat, he had no ability to take a classified document out of his office. Period. Point blank. Because he has no power to declassify these things. Right. Even if Barack Obama was about to declassify this. He doesn't know that, right? Or even if it was signaled, hey, by the way, I'm going to declassify these 10 documents. Okay, We also need Barack Obama to prove or somebody else to be able to prove the order of declassification. Right. And, and, and how this works is it can be a verbal declassification, by the way, but there has to be a witness to it. it you can't just willy-nilly decide to... Whoosh, declassify something and, and nobody knows about it. That's not how right. this works. That's not how any of this works. The, the The reason this makes it worse is is twofold. Number one, he has no ability to take a document out of any office. No. Period, point blank. He has access to a class to read a classified document, but he has no access to that piece of paper, nor or he shouldn't have access to the piece of paper that it's written on or the the email that is being communicated, right? He has no access to the actual physical piece of it, or should he have access? And secondly, Pat, we are talking about storing something in one of the most brazen, asinine, bullshit ways I have ever seen. In a box, in a garage, at your private residence? When we were talking about Donald Trump, right? Let's 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 compare the two. It was in a separate room off of a bedroom under lock and key. Like highly secure, right? This was about as insecure from a president who has been on record multiple times talking about how serious he takes classified information and the handling of it. What you can't possibly believe those two things to be true. And that's what makes this worse. Because what the left is trying to make us believe when it comes to Donald Trump and, and why this is so bad is, is what? He stonewalled the National Archives? What was he going to gain from keeping these documents other than he believed them to be really cool documents and he doesn't trust the intelligence community? Suppose it depends on what's in them. I, yeah, I guess. we don't know. We don't know. Nor, but, but nor are apparently are we going to know. Right. Well, and and here's here's the kicker with with Joe Biden. We know some of those documents at least had to do with China, Ukraine, and Iran. Yep. And Iran, of course. Yep. So so my 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 thing is this: if if you are the DOJ, how how and I and I understand. This kind of—I'm going to answer my own question here. It's going to come down to political will, right? It has to. It always does. I mean, it always does because we're yeah. not a nation of wills; we're a nation of political will. But how do you hold a a former president accountable, but you can't hold the sitting president accountable for doing a, pretty much exactly the same thing, if not worse? Mm -hmm. How do you do that? I mean. Sure, the House could go through the whole impeachment process. I guess, I I, I don't I don't see how that's going to work out in this case. But because the Republicans only hold a slight majority, so I, I just I just don't see how that's going to work out in their favor. So, 
How do you do that? You can't indict a sitting president. Mm-hmm. What's the DOJ going to do? He gets a slap on the wrist and gets away with it? I think it's a load of crap, by the way. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know where this ends other than messy. It, it right? does. It, it, this it is does. a really messy situation, period, amen. Because you also have two separate, you know, separate uh, special prosecutors here, right? Right. They're supposed to be independent, and therefore they could make alternate decisions. We could end up with Donald Trump not being tried because there's just no proof there, right? Right, right. Again, what are the charges? What are the potential charges, right? Or ultimately, the DOJ looks at the January 6th committee and laughs at it, right? And then alternatively, the other special prosecutor looks at the uh, stuff going on with Joseph Marinette Biden. Now, the other part of this, Pat, is that Donald John Trump, right, was like six months out of office when this happened, right? Right. Well, not quite. Maybe a year. Yeah, it was about a year when the when the first part of this started. But when we're talking about Joe Biden, we're talking about potentially two, three locations and six years out of office, five years out of office. Yeah, it'd be six years now. Yeah, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So when I take just, a look at those things, I, I wonder wonder if time plays a factor in this, right? Whereas, mm-hmm. oh, the Donald Trump organization decided to tell the National Archives, hey, hang on a second, we got some documents, and they were going through negotiations, and the National Archives just didn't like the way the negotiations were going, so they raided. You know, there's a lot of other things. Like, the other part of this, when you take a look at um, at Joe Biden and his situation the reports right now indicate that the Department of Justice wasn't even there to oversee the uh, removal of the documents from the National Archives. What? Yeah. Right? Well, I'd say what? I, I just, I don't see another way how this, it, it, at the end of the day, regardless of who's right and who's wrong in this situation, regardless of who did what, when they did it, I, I don't see this working out any other way than, than some sort of politics. I don't think justice will ever really be done, which, whichever way you you uh, slice it on either side, whether it's Joe Biden or Donald Trump. It's all going to be about political will at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Because, again, we're a nation of political will. We're not a nation of laws. We are a nation of political will. That's it. And that's what this is going to come down to at the end of the day. It's all going to be about politics. And I think I I would not be surprised to see one prosecutor go one way and then, then, then the other on the other side go to the complete. Yeah, and I don't know which way it's going to be either. I, I really right. don't. No, I, I don't. I don't know. <clears throat> so, I mean, like I said, what we know publicly available information, my suggestion would be that Donald Trump is probably in more trouble than than Joe Biden. However, the the kicker with the Joe Biden situation is you are in possession of documents you were never supposed to have, period, point blank, regardless of whether or not they are currently classified or declassified. Right. Okay. It doesn't matter. You should never have been in possession of them. Period. Now, with that being said, Pat, I believe it is time for us to play the B or not the B. Are you ready? Oh, let's play. All right. Are you ready for today's headline? Oh, I'm about as ready to have my garage rated like Joe Biden. All right. So today's headline is gay activist couple allegedly raped the boys they attempted. uh, They adopted from a Christian special needs agency, pimped them out and boasted about it on social media. What? Gay activist couple allegedly raped the boys they adopted from a Christian special needs agency, pimped them out, and boasted about it on social media. While you're thinking about that headline, Pat, um, today would be a great day for you to uh, look at potentially selling your house if you're living in Illinois. Why? Take a look at the gun laws. Take a look at the tax laws. Take a look at everything that's going on. So if you're like me, stuck in Illinois for right now, 
The keyword is for right now. Um, simple question for you. Do you want to get out? And if so, go ahead and hit me up. Go to closewithcoppins.com, licensed realtor here in Illinois with Exit Strategy Realty. Again, you can go to closewithcoppins.com. You can hit me up on social media. Um, you can email me at andrew at closewithcoppins.com. Again, that's andrew at closewithcoppins.com. I would be happy to discuss whether or not now is the right time, um, right situation in your life to buy or sell. I'm happy to advise you as to what might work best for you. Again, go to closewithcoppins.com or email me andrew at closewithcoppins.com. Licensed Realtor here in the state of Illinois with Exit Strategy Realty. All right. So with that being said, Pat, do you need the headline one more time or do you think this is the B or not the B? I, I don't think I need it again. Um, I, I feel like I saw this story somewhere and I, I'm going to go with not the B. You would be correct because this is even too insane for the Babylon B to have come up with. Right. But it is but, true. Yes. This is a true story. Um, this has got to be one of the most vile things that I have ever read, by the way. So I'm going to give our viewers and our listeners a three, two, one warning. So if you, if you've got children listening, if you don't want to listen to this story, um, give yourself about two to three minutes. Okay. And fast forward. Yes. Mm. And in three, two, one. So this is um, Mia Kaffel reporting on this story. It's a suburban LGBTQ pedophile ring that had been taking place. The investigation, according to Mia, reveals disturbing details about the gay activist couple accused of sodomizing their young adopted sons now currently ages 9 and 11, and quote-unquote disturbing homemade child porn of the sexual abuse. Um, so this is from Town Hall, by the way. This is not some fly-by-night you know, blogger, okay? So a month-long... Town Hall investigation reveals disturbing new details about the affluent LGBTQ activist couple accused of sodomizing their young adopted sons now ages 9 and 11 and disturbing homemade child pornography of the sexual abuse. Half a year after the shocking story made national news, Town Hall is the only outlet following up on the criminal case in Georgia that has since seen zero headlines written about it. We found that it is far, far worse than what was first reported. Not only did the married men, because remember, we had we had put this in the uh, in either a WTF or a Friar segment. Remember that? Because we had talked about we can't possibly use this as a blanket, but this is not surprising given um, how a lot of this community is indoctrinated into the community, if you will. Right. But, yeah. But not only did the married men allegedly raped the two boys who were adopted through a Christian special needs adoption agency. They were pimping out their children to nearby pedophiles in Atlanta area suburbs. That why, why are we just hearing about this, Pat? Right? The men were arrested in August to prominent married LGBTQ activists are at the center of a pedophile ring, having involved the kids that they adopt. If these two, Pat, let me ask you this simple question. If these two individuals were straight, married, and done this, you think we would have heard about this every day, all day on CNN, MSNBC, right? Oh, yeah, oh, we would Oh, but these individuals fit an activist profile that is good for them and you know so we we can't we can't cover the horror that exists from these people zero mainstream zero mainstream coverage of the details of this story because they're afraid of this they're afraid of the activist crowd that's what they're afraid of right the mainstream media is afraid to oh my god you offended 
There's nothing more offensive than what this couple did. Now, this is the really disturbing part. So again, if you fast forwarded, I'm going to give you a three, two, one warning. Recorded jailhouse calls, a trove of never before seen court documents and testimony from a family member who spoke exclusively with town hall uncovered the extent of the physical and emotional trauma the two elementary school age brothers endured as well as the red flags that the state overlooked during the same sex couples faster than expected adoption process. That's right. The state of Georgia, you know, deep red Georgia. Sped this up. Why? Probably because it fits what? A socialist activist, you know, a social activist uh, narrative. See, look at this. The, the greatness of an LGBT married men couple. That's right. The gay couple got preferential treatment in adoption. Now, the adopted father's 33-year-old government worker, William Dale Zulak Jr., and 35-year-old banker Zachary Zach Jacoby Zulak, who was previously accused of raping a child, by the way, from Oxford, Georgia, have been indicted by a grand jury on charges of incest, aggravated sodomy, aggravated child molestation, felony sexual exploitation of children, and felony prostitution of a minor. Not... Fe These are felony charges. They're facing over nine life sentences today. They've pled not guilty. So, again, warning you, the really hard stuff in three, two, one. According to a copy of the 17-count indictment Town Hall has obtained, the adoptive dads allegedly performed um, oral stuff on both boys forced the children to perform um, that stuff to them, and then raped their sons. In at least one instance, the rape injured the older Zulak child, who had just turned 11 years old in mid-December. Court records indicate that the child's sexual abuse stretches back to as early as late 2019, meaning this child was abused at the age of nine. And intensified in January 2021, March of 2021, and December of 2021, as the offense states are listed. The brothers were enrolled in third and fourth grade, respectively, before the men were caught in a midnight July bust at the Zulak Mansion, which ended with Zachary tackled to the ground and William hauled out of the house naked by armed officers. Now, hey... I give the officers credit, as the uh, author of this, uh, not the B article, points out. I give the officers credit for not just ending their lives right then and there. I'm pretty sure that's where I would have been. <sighs> a William yeah, admitted uh, to forcing his 11-year-old adopted son to perform an act of sodomy, <clears throat> oral copulation, with the intent to satisfy his own sexual desires reads a sworn affidavit filed in support of William's overnight arrest back on July 27th. An updated criminal affidavit says the child sexual abuse was filmed by Zachary, with whom he routinely engaged in sexually abusive acts on the boy. Zachary, the household's breadwinner, confessed to being the cameraman, and authorities allegedly found a folder on his cell phone labeled Us that contained videos of William sexually abusing the children. Now, there, I'm just going to tell you this. There's even worse stuff here, Pat, that I don't want to read. Okay? So go to Not The Bee. You can find the rest of the article. All I'm going to tell you is that um, they used a popular social media platform to perform prostitution with their children. on <clears throat> multiple men but it gets worse than that so all i'm gonna tell you is um it 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 is it will chill you to the bone and this is what happens when a field like social work okay is populated 
with people who have an activist agenda, whether one way or the other, by the way. This is what happens. You fast-tracked these bastards? And I would say the same thing, by the way, if this was a male and female who one of the two was already charged with, whether they were, whether they were convicted of that charge or not, Pat. Here's a very simple rule. If you have been formally charged with rape, you do not get to adopt a child. You do not pass go. You do not get to collect a child. You do not get to house a child in your home, period, point blank. You do not become a foster parent. You have forfeited that right. Well, well, well innocent until proven guilty. You're right. Innocent until proven guilty. You are correct. But guess what? That doesn't mean that we don't get to put some parameters around your uh, situation or look harder at your situation. Instead, they fast track this shit. Are you kidding me, Georgia? This is what happens when an entire field is full of leftist activists who just want to see the LGBTQ crowd prosper. I'm, I'm with you in that. Uh, I don't know how these officers practiced restraint because I probably would have at least beat the living crap out of these guys. This kind of, I mean, we talk about a lot of stories on here. We've talked about some very adult things on this show before. This one might take the cake. It, 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 and it, it, it's, it tugs at my soul. I, I mean, they have evidence here, Pat, of the, the breadwinner, Zachary, mm-hmm. literally telling people on Snapchat what he's about to do to his son. I'm starting to think, though, death is too easy for these guys. Mm-hmm. It's too easy. I think what you do is you castrate both these both these guys. Uh-huh. And then you throw them in the deepest, darkest pit. Oh no, they'd enjoy a lifetime of, of exactly what they did to their children. No, 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 no. This is this is complete black hole solitary for the rest of their lives. No, no interaction with any other human being other than a bucket to take a crap in and your your meal, for lack of a better word, that, that you're required to have. That's it. No, no interaction of any kind. You sit there in a deep, dark hole for the rest of your days. That's it. Yeah, <clears throat> all I'm going to say is to end away. this, Pat. <clears throat> this is the couple's philosophy that they told their children. Our business is our business. What happens in our home stays in our home. Not not if you're harming <clears throat> No way. And I'm going to be clear. Th- this is not exclusive to the gay community. We know that there are parents, um, you know, that are of male and female variety that have done abusive things. That's like this too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that that has existed and I'm sure it will exist in the future. But, and I would say the same thing. Yes, exactly. But more importantly than that, these people were given preferential treatment because of their position, because, mm-hmm. because of one person's government position, the other person's, powerful position and then thirdly because of their predilections all while ignoring and just sweeping under the rug all of the evidence that would suggest this is a terrible no good very bad idea this would be like um an active alcoholic right becoming a foster parent and that active alcoholic has a rap sheet of 40 calls to the house over the last year. Ain't no problem. 
Go ahead and take those kids on. And all 40 of those calls are for alleged abuse, but he was never charged with it, right? Never, never formally charged. Why? Because the abusive or the abusee, right? Uh, the person suffering the abuse is still in the throes of that abuse, and that and and they're not going to press the charges. So if they're not pressing charges, the state really, in most places, can't do anything about it. Sure, go ahead. Are you insane? But apparently they are. All right. Now, with that being said, Pat, um, I think we need some Jesus at this point in time. Yeah. And culture. Because I saw this from, from somebody online um, that I used to work with um, in my sports writing days. And he, he had tweeted out, the best way to win the culture war is to never fight it in the first place. And I thought to myself, <clears throat> that's an interesting take. Would the libertarian position be not to fight the culture war? And then the other day, as my wife and I are doing the Bible in a year, and we've we've been very good at doing this every day so far. So this came up, and it's Matthew chapter 12, verses 22 through 42. So if you want to follow at home, get your Bible out or pull it up on your phone. Again, it's Matthew chapters 12, or chapter 12, verses 22 through 42. And I just want you to, to listen to to this through the lens of culture and division in our country. Then a blind and mute demonic was brought to him, and he healed him, so that the mute man spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? <clears throat> but when the Pharisees heard it, they said, It is only Beelzebub the prince of demons, that this man cast out demons. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, meaning Jesus, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will this kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons Cast them out. Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. Therefore, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever says a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart of the mouth speaks. The good man out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil man out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, men will render account for every careless word they utter. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will arise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The Queen of the South will arise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. 
For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. And as my wife, my wife reads the, the New Testament part of the Bible in the year for us, as she's reading this, right? Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. And as I hear the house divided, as I hear this message, Pat, I can't help but think of our culture today. I can't help but think of our country at that tipping point. Either it's either we revive liberty or we don't. We can't stand in this state of division because for if we do, this state of division, it is not just the United States of America, but Western society. Christianity stands at its brink. That's what I firmly believe, that this message in this time is one of the most important messages that we can hear. Either we get right with God, or we reap what we have sown. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And what does he tell us? What is being told by Matthew in this gospel is that Jesus is telling us, you're seeking false idols. You are seeking false hoods. And by that false hood, seeking a sign of good out of that falseness. Until you seek good out of good, right? Until you seek good out of God. We can also make the case that he also is telling us that if you turn to God, your answers will be good. If you turn away from God, you are a brood of vipers. Satan cast out Satan. He is still divided against himself. And how will that kingdom stand? We live in the spirit of the age, right, Pat? We talk about that all the time. The only way to fight that spirit of the age is a return to a society in which our culture is driven by good. And what good have we seen over the last decade plus? I can't think of much. I can think of individual stories here and there, right? But we've talked off air about potentially producing a new segment, right? Based off of all the clown world stuff. And a lot of that clown world stuff is, is the evil of exposing our children to sexuality at ages that don't belong of the story right here, the the Zulaks, right? Right here, Matthew 12, 22 to 42. Read it. Understand it. Jesus tells us a house divided will not stand, right? That's one of the oldest quotes of the Bible, right? People do this all the time. But what is he actually saying here? If, if, but if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Meaning good. Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven man, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Do we not blaspheme against God? Do we not? go against God in our society today? The the speaking of God's word, the speaking of the gospel of Jesus Christ, is somehow a... It's a... It's something that is jarring. 
in today's society. When you hear it happening publicly or on television, right? And, and I talked about that with the the Candace Cameron Bure um, movie on Great American Family over Christmas. Um, well, it was actually over Thanksgiving weekend, but you know the Christmas season, right? Instead, this is what's going on in our society. And again, it doesn't matter if it's the the LGBTQ crowd or mom and dad doing this. This is what happens when you sexualize children. You could go down the road to R. Kelly and, and his past, right? You could go down and, and the perpetuation of all of this. But ultimately, what it comes down to me, Pat, is the message here is very simple. A turn to God and casting the demons out, a return, a revival of God in our society will stop that house division. Either, And we have said this, and we believe that we need to fight on the side of liberty, but fighting on the side of a revival of God, getting right with God, right? The very first step in reviving liberty is that confrontation within yourself. Do you actually believe in God? Can you get right with God? And once you do, the rest will follow. We, we talk about that. But as a broader society, if we don't do that, it is that cultural fight. Can we not not fight that cultural fight? For what the Bible tells us, right, is that if we don't fight that fight and have it out one way or the other, by the way, either we fall into that pit of despair and in that demonic time frame either we are cast out or or we return to a society rooted in god in which therefore righteousness of god will be known to us but a a division of this house a division of this nation cannot stand it can't we will fail and we will fall because we refuse to have the fight so to the to bring this full circle to the individuals who believe that winning the culture war is simply not fighting it you don't understand the stakes that are involved and whether you are jewish whether you are agnostic whatever have you even if you are jewish god is telling you this information through his son, sure, but God is giving you the clues throughout Exodus, throughout Genesis, throughout everything, that if you divide the house, surely you will fall. That's the story of, of you know Cain and Abel, the story of Isaac and or Jacob and Esau, right? In in Genesis. As we, you could go all the way through. Every single time that the evil wins over the good. Evil befalls the evil. Good befalls the good. A house divided will not stand. We are a house divided and we're a house divided because we refuse to have the fight. That's the point here. We refuse. That's how I see it. What, what say you, Pat? We, we, we've often talked that we are in the fight for the soul of our country but i think furthermore we are in a fight for the soul of ourselves like as a people are are we a god-fearing people i don't think we have been in a while i think i think there are individuals who are but as a whole we've become very very secular it's a it's about the church of me as you would put it, right? It's about self-gratification. And it's about looking for justification for those self-gratifying things that, that everyone pursues. Yeah. Perhaps one of the biggest, for lack of better words, sins, if you will, is our comfort. We've gotten too comfortable. Life was never supposed to be this comfortable and as as i've i've been contemplating this recently i mean to to follow christ 
it is to get used to to different. It is to get used to being uncomfortable. Doing what's right is not always easy. Mm-hmm. And in today's world, doing what's right is incredibly hard because now you have the masses against you in mm-hmm. a lot of ways because they don't accept what you know to be true. They don't accept that. And so what do you do? You have no choice but to fight. There can be, when it comes to a cultural war, there can be no fence setters. Because if there are and you have a house divided, it falls. You will have your culture fundamentally overrun and you will not recognize the society in which you live that you once knew. Just like, I don't recognize our country anymore. I think we've been able to make that argument for the last several years now. I don't recognize it anymore because we have given up on these fundamental principles and we have pursued that self-gratification and that comfort mm-hmm. that was never supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. But in order to take it back, you have to get used to being uncomfortable. You have to get used to being different. It is not easy of what God of what Christ asks us to do, but it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. And I just, I, I, I mean, I'm studying, you know, in our faith, you know, we, we do um, some different things every year. And this year we're focused on the new Testament. And honestly, Studying, I mean, New Testament is ultimately about the life of Christ. And I don't know. It just, it's, it's, it's a great guide, if you will, of how to follow and how to follow him. We need it more than ever. Mm-hmm. With that, Pat, I, I, I can't agree with you more that, uh, there can be no fence sitters. Those who do sit on that fence will fall. I, 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 again, we may lose that culture war. We may. Right. But that would be God's will. Right. Okay. We believe that to be God's will because he's going to show us a new path forward. That's ultimately what happens here. If you, if you read the book of Genesis, right, those who think that they are the righteous, right, and end up being the evil, or even those who are evil, right, do evil to others, and then the righteousness is shown to them. A great example of this would be when, um, is it, um, it's not Isaac, it's uh, Joseph, right? Joseph is seen as the righteous, right? And he gets thrown into the pit in Genesis, right? What ends up happening to Joseph from the pit? He is sold into slavery to Egypt. And in that, it's the Pharaoh of Egypt. And the Pharaoh's wife attempts to uh, to bring him to bed, right? And then frames him. What ends up happening? Joseph is always blessed by God and becomes a, a messenger of faith, a messenger of good, and shows a path with two other people who were charged with crimes, right? The story in Genesis goes that um, he interprets the dreams of two different people and they become true. One believes that it's good. The other believes that it's an evil dream and he tells them why it would be good and evil. And the prophecy is right. But Joseph is still in bondage, right? Joseph is still there. We don't know the mystery of of God. We don't know the the story that God has written for us. We never will. You know, St. Thomas Aquinas is also really famous for telling us that we can pursue a more perfect version of ourselves in life, but we cannot achieve perfection because perfection is only knowing God, and the only time you actually know God is when what? You have died and gone to heaven, in which the fulfillment and the fullness of God is known to you at that point. 
then you are your perfected self. But that doesn't mean that we don't stop striving for a betterment, a more perfect version of yourself here on earth. St. Thomas Aquinas, right? We don't stop fighting the culture war. We don't stop doing these things, even if we were to lose. And I argue that we've already lost. I mean, take a look at every single institution of our society. Take a look at the things that are going on in this world. It's really hard to say that we are not losing, if not already lost. But the only path forward is, is not giving up on God. It is to turn harder, to become more faithful, to become more in tune with that. Not to ask God for favors, right? Not to ask favor of God, but to understand and become more with God in so much that God will then show you the way. At the end of the day, though, Pat, uh, you cannot sit on the fence. It doesn't exist. Because ultimately, you have your own personal belief system, whether you believe in God or not, right? Whether you believe in one thing or another. Culturally, you can't sit on the fence. There are no fence sitters anymore. You can't sit on the sidelines and say, well, this person believes this, and then, well, but, but I can also agree with this person who believes the exact opposite. That, that, that doesn't work. You are going to choose a side. God will force you to choose a side, whether you agree with God or believe in God or not. God will do that to you. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. Literally on this episode. Yeah, literally. And for for the sake of that, um, for those that don't know, that, that saying that I do, it was a funny way of telling my roommates every time they went out on dates in college to return with honor. And so uh, that is... Uh, fundamentally what I'm telling you every time I say that in a very funny way, but return with honor. Mm -hmm. And we need that more than ever now. And with that, please be smart, be safe, be kind, make sure you eat all of your meals and make sure you're not just seeing that Ander, uh, Arden wolf. Um, I wonder, I wonder what the, uh, the, the powers that be in the political world have on her at this point. Uh, just, just asking, because uh, you don't suddenly just resign, you know, four years after becoming a mother, and uh, oh, the the challenges of family and whatever. No, 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 no. If you were, if that's the case, you you would announce a, you would be hinting at it. You would be going down that road for a little while before you just no. Literally, they're going to be doing an election on February 17th, Pat. We're, we're talking about 30 days. You don't do that if this is regular order. Nope. So think about that. And as always, Matthew 547. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. 
Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Ina Garten. Welcome to Be My Guest, the podcast. One of the best gifts you can give friends is spending time together. But what's even better than that? Cooking with them. On Be My Guest, the podcast, new friends and old stop by my barn for some conversation and great cooking. We talk about food, life, and everything in between. Listen to Be My Guest, the podcast with me, Ina Garten, and join us wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.